0: Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life changing
1: word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com.
0: Father, I thank you for this time. Open up our hearts to receive your word. Your word is manna, it's bread, it's daily, it's practical. We can use it this week. Thank you, Lord, that your word is also seed, plants deep in the good soil of our hearts and produces life in us and grows us, changes us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Teach us what we need to know and prepare us for what is coming in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. You can be seated. This morning, I want to talk to you about the faith that overcomes. Right now in our world, there are plenty of things to overcome today, and there will be new things to overcome tomorrow, and new things to overcome on Tuesday, and I think you get the idea. And the Bible says in Romans in chapter 10, and verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing. If I need more faith, I better know how it comes to me. It comes by hearing, but not just hearing anything, but hearing by the Word of God. I can gain access to more overcoming faith when I'm hearing the Word of God, just like right now, because our faith is growing. We're getting stirred up right now to trust God, and is bringing peace to our lives, and it's It's bringing us joy. And and this morning, the word is going to bring you hope, and it's going to produce in your life, and it's going to bring you courage and bravery to step out and to be more kind and more forgiving. And how important is faith to the believer? Jesus demonstrated us the kind of life that lives by faith. And he would say, have faith in God. Because we, as believers, we walk by faith. We take steps by faith. Sometimes we got to stand in faith. Right, We have a shield of faith, we are righteous by, and our faith has made us whole. Faith is important to the believer. If you want to move a mountain, you need faith, mountain-moving faith. Not a lot of faith, just a little mustard seed faith can be enough for us. But we got to find this overcoming faith, and here we find out it comes by hearing the Word. We hear it today, but what about Tomorrow? Will we have the mustard seed tomorrow, the, the sword of the Spirit to face what we're facing tomorrow? You see, a daily reed makes for daily seed. A daily word makes for daily faith. Daily bread, give us this day. When you give ear to the word every day, you start to move in a faith for overcoming every single day. And here's the problem. Not only does what I listen to bring me faith, but what I listen to can also bring me fear if I'm listening to the wrong things. If I can grow in faith by listening to the word, how many know I can grow in anger by listening to the angry voices? I can grow in disappointment. I can grow in frustration. I can grow and get myself all upset by being around the grumblers and the complainers. I could be in the workplace just listening to the wrong voices and suddenly I hate my job, I hate my life, everything's going down. I hear the wrong thing and I what what am I listening to? What am I giving ear to in my single every single day? Am I giving ear to things that make me upset, angry, frustrated? Maybe it's that TV show you keep going back to. Boy, it tastes good, but it just makes you so mad. Maybe it's some YouTube channel that you keep going back to or that talk radio that you keep listening to or some, maybe you like angry music. I'm going to like, I loved angry when I was a kid. Turn that thing up and you
1: get so mad.
0: And I wonder if the things that we're listening to are doing the things that we want in our life. Are we more at peace because of what we just heard? Did it bring us rest? Did what I just heard bring me joy? Did it it make me a better father? Did it make me kinder? Did it make me a better husband? Did it stir up my hope? What did what I just listened to do in my life? Because if it's more of the word of God, here's what we can expect. More of the faith that overcomes. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap right now. The Israelites had just come out of uh, Egypt, so huge victory. And then the God parted the sea, so huge victory. And then the sea closed in over their enemies who were chasing them, so huge victory. And it says this in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 31. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. This is a good scripture. They put their trust in Moses, their leader, and they put their trust in God. And that word trust there is they amend him. That's the Hebrew word. They amond him. Amen, right? That's why why I say somebody say amen because you're saying I believe it. Right? That's what you're saying when you amen. And the Bible says here that they amend God and they amend Moses. And it's the same Hebrew word used to describe what our father Abraham, the great man of faith, did to God. The Bible says that, that Abraham... Amen, God. He believed God, and and the Lord credited him as righteous. The the great man of faith, the Israelites, just got the same attribute, characteristic, told about them in the word of God. They, amen, they had faith in God and in Moses. This is a good day for the Israelites. But the next chapter, not such a good day. They got thirsty. They've been walking for just three days later. It's only been three days since this moment. And three days later, in chapter 15 and verse 24, they were thirsty, and so they grumbled against Moses. And they would go on and grumble against God, and over and over again, they would grumble. And in that, they'd come, see, what happened was they were thirsty, and they came to this water. It was called the waters at Merah, which meant bitter, and they drank it, and it tasted bitter. Now, Moses went and threw a a stick in the water, which was a picture of the cross, which brought redemption, and it made the bitter water sweet. But I want to talk about the bitterness, the grumbling and complaining. It produces bitterness in our life. And we like it when we're grumbling and complaining when when we're in a bad place when we when we run into lack, right? You're thirsty. So lack produces grumbling and complaining. You open the fridge and there's no milk, and what do you do? Who drank all the milk? Right? When you you open the drawer and there's no underwear, what do you do? Put them on inside out. Next day, come on somebody. And here comes the grumbling and the complaining because you're out of something. And so they're out of water. So what do they do? They grumble and they complain. This is not faith. So they had faith three days ago, but today they ain't no faith. Faith is gone. Forget it. We thirsty. And this is what happens a lot of times to great believers, great mighty men and women of God, faith-filled people. On Sunday, we get all pumped up and we believe God, but we hit that mountain on Tuesday. And we're like, well, where's God now? What am I going to do? Where'd the faith go? You guys all kind of, it's like a nervous laugh on that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. Somebody had nudged your your, your spouse like that's you. (laughs) Where'd it go? And so God gives us the answer. Because when that grumbling and complaining happens, we, we find ourselves bathing in the pool of our pain and bitterness. We immerse ourselves, and we almost want to listen to it more when we're upset and frustrated. We want to surround ourselves with other voices that are upset and frustrated just like us. But there's a better way, and God shows us the way because he brings to them the very next chapter. Actually, not even in the next chapter. He brings to them manna, and he rains down food from heaven. Not only does he make the water sweet so they can drink, but then here comes the answer to that problem of losing faith tomorrow that you had today. And he brings manna, and, the, and it was daily. Every day, bread would fall from heaven it was, it was, and they would eat, that's what they would eat while they're in the wilderness. And Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3 says this about that solution. He humbled you, God, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which you, neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread, say bread, bread. alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The manna was never about regular food. It was about a picture for you and I to look at and go, oh, that's what that was. That was about. Being in the word of God every day. That man doesn't live on bread alone, but we live on the word of God, the the words that proceed from the mouth of God, which is like bread. So it's like food. And every single day when I get up and I start going through my day, how many know I get hungry? And so God was saying, Listen, not only are you hungry because you have a physical body that wants something in your belly, but you also have a
1: spirit, and your spirit wants something in the inside of it too. And it's hungry today. Yeah, it was hungry yesterday, but it's also hungry today. And don't leave the house without your mustard
0: seed, somebody say amen. Get a little bit. And you know, you couldn't save the bread for for tomorrow. You you had to eat. Today was bread, and then tomorrow you had to get some new bread. And so every morning, we're faced with the opportunity to get into God's Word. And there's so many things we could give ear to in the morning, but to give God's Word the first fruit in our life. To say, okay, I'm going to be in God's word because today I want to overcome. I never know what day I'm going to face that mountain. It might be Tuesday, it might be Wednesday, but I don't want to panic because when I come to that mountain without the mustard seed, when I come to that mountain without the sword, I panic. And it's better to have that mustard seed ready to go, that seed, that little bit of word of God. I found this, this app on the in the Bible uh, on, my, on my phone. It's a Bible app, and, and it's called the Holy Bible. What's it called, baby? You were telling someone the other night. U version. Uh, Mine just says Holy Bible on it, but it's You version. But there's a lot of them, but you can, it'll tell, it'll read the word, it'll read the Bible to you. It'll just send you the, but you know what else I can listen to is my Spotify playlist, which has my 80s music, <laughs> which I also like. Yeah. And so I have been in the morning. Uh, I get in the car, and I put on my Holy Bible, and it's really fun, actually, because I was listening to Acts the other day, it was amazing, because it was like, Paul was on a boat, and uh, the boat was against hurricane force winds, and it's the book of Acts, and they drop anchors, and they're pouring stuff overboard, and we don't know what's going to happen to Paul, but suddenly I'm at the church, and I'm getting out of the car, and I'm like... I'm I'm like in a cliffhanger. Like I felt like it was a to-be-contained. I was like, what's going to happen all day long? I'm like, what's going to happen to Paul? I get back in the car, and I put Paul back on. Find out what happens. Of course, God produced a miracle in his life. It's fun. It was amazing. It was a great morning. But you know, every single morning when I get in the car now, that Spotify playlist is right there. And I have to to swipe past my... And Def Leppard is calling my name. (laughs) And I have to make this decision in the morning. Am I going to... Am I going to fill my, my ears with faith-filled words? I mean, do I really want sugar poured on me? Do I, is that going to help me today? I don't... And sometimes we have to say goodbye to the old things that we've been listening to. And we have to resist the temptation of those things that want to draw us back in. And we need to say,
1: I ain't missing you.
0: funny that I would use an 80s song to say goodbye to 80s music. There's an irony there. It's deep. Now, I still listen to my 80s music on the way home. I'm not saying that we stop watching TV. I'm not saying we do all those kinds of crazy things. I still check my news feed, but I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that I get some daily bread in me. Every single morning, I make sure I don't leave the house without some seed. Come on, somebody, can I get somebody to give the Lord a hand clap right now? There's a man that goes to church here, and, and he faced the coronavirus, was hospitalized. It looked like he wasn't gonna make it, but God brought him out, healed, and thank God for the anointed hands of the doctors and the nurses. And he came back home, but you know they sent him like many people who who recover from coronavirus, and he had the pneumonia one too they they have the oxygen they have to be on for a month or two you know as they wean themselves off of the oxygen and so his oxygen needs to stay above 90 to be healthy. And so he keeps the he had the nose thing. And he came to church last week. He's completely free of coronavirus. He's negative test po- negative negative for COVID. But there he is in church this last weekend. And and I called out, "If you need a miracle, stand on your feet." Well, he got up and he received his miracle. And he went home and he unplugged that oxygen thing. And then he tested his oxygen levels because he's being smart. And he found out that he was testing at 93, which is higher than 90. And he found out that all day long he held at 90 he didn't need his oxygen anymore I talked to him on Thursday the Lord said call him and so I called him on Thursday and I was working on this message and I knew what God was up to so I was so curious to see how God was going to do this thing and so I called him I said how was your week are you still off the oxygen he said yes this is Thursday he says I am he said but you know the enemy came knocking on the door several times this week You know, your healing's not going to hold. Check your oxygen. It's dropping right now. You, You didn't really get healed. It was a fluke, just like the enemy does. I said, tell me about what, this is what the Lord told me. He said, ask him about what he did this week. I said, okay, I'll ask him. What did you do this week? And this is, I wrote it down verbatim. I listened, this is what he said he did. I listened to healing messages and how healing is already ours. And I built up my faith that it was mine and how I just had to receive what was done. Now watch this. When I took a break and turned on the TV, the Lord said, is that going to help you receive your healing? And I got back in the Word because I wanted out of there. He is here this morning. He does not have his oxygen pack with him. He is completely whole. Give the Lord some praise right now. When we're in a war, we have to be in the word. If we need to overcome, we need the faith that overcomes, which comes by hearing. There's going to be mountains. And when you get up early in the morning and you give God that little bit of first fruit, maybe it's just one scripture, and you just read that out of that verse. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, Isaiah chapter 54. And you're like, hmm. And then you're rolling through. It's, a, it's just a normal Wednesday, just rolling through your day. The bam! You hit that mountain. Something happens, man. The storm blows up. You never know. Here comes the attack. Fiery darts are coming at you. You pull out your shield of faith, and you're looking at that mountain, and you're like, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden, you go, no weapon formed against me will prosper. <laughs> and you're changing the circumstance by the declaration of your word, because you grabbed some seed that morning. There's a story in 2 Kings in chapter 4, where Elisha, the great man of God, the prophet, was hanging out with a bunch of prophets. He's hungry, so he's like, hey, one of the prophets, go make us some food. Now, there was a famine in the land. Say famine. And when there's lack, what happens is grumbling and complaining. So this man goes out, and he gets some ingredients that he doesn't even know what they are, and he puts them in the pot. So he shouldn't have done that, right? He's a man of God. He's a prophet of God, but he goes and gets it. And so they they pour the stew out for the men. Watch this in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 40. The stew was poured out for the men, but as they began to eat it, they cried out, Man of God, they're talking to Elisha, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat it. How many know that sometimes what we're listening to has death in the pot? And so the man of God says this, Get some flour. And he put it into the pot, and he said, serve it to the people. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. And that flour is that picture of Jesus, that cross that was thrown into the waters at Marah that made the bitter water sweet. It was, the flour represents the bread of God, the bread from his mouth. And just a little bit of flour can overcome an awful lot of bitterness. And would you say that maybe you've been frustrated and upset and angry? but I have good news for you. Just a little bit of flour can turn your whole attitude around. Just a little bit can turn this thing. You've been listening to the wrong thing, the wrong voices, you've been putting it in. And it's interesting that that it was a prophet of God that went and got this. I think that even today, we should be weary of things that look like they're Christian. A prophet on YouTube that's going to tell you some prophecy that's going on right now. So many of them. I'll tell you, there's millions of them and then and then you listen to it and you and they mean well they mean well they're not trying to lead people astray they went out to make some stew that's all but they grabbed some wrong ingredients there might be death in that pot i would say don't worry don't don't be so attuned to a word from god but be more into the word of god <laughs> and i just asked myself the question Did what I just listened to make me a kinder person? Did it bring me peace? Because Jesus will always bring me peace. Did it bring me to a place of rest and hopefulness? Am I going to be a better husband and a better father and a better worker and more faithful and kinder and more forgiving because of what I just listened to? And if not, maybe I should turn that voice off. Maybe it's just grumbling and complaining, and and maybe there's a little bit of death in the pot. Give the Lord some praise right now. I was reading a study that was done by the Center for Bible Engagement. They pulled 108,000 people, and they all people from all different walks of life, all different faiths, and they found that some of them read the Bible once, two, three times a day, but they found this interesting thing as they analyzed them and studied them about their lives and their fear and their anxiousness and their worry and how they were feeling about life and the future. They found that people who read the Bible four days or more per week had much different results than everyone else. They found this difference. If they read the Bible four days or more a week, not not three, not two, not one, not zero... But the ones who read the Bible, four days or more per week, they found that the need to be intoxicated, getting high or drunk, went down 62%. Adultery went down 59%. Losing their temper went down 31%. Gossiping went down 28%. Lying went down 28%. Neglecting their families went down 26%. Overeating went down 20%. Can you imagine that? There's a great diet out there. It's called just reading the Word of God, and it causes us to eat less. Overspending went down by 20%. Some men in here just nudged their wives and they said, baby, we're going to read the Bible a lot more. Your desire for country music went down 14%. (laughs) Listen,
1: we're going to follow the numbers. You got to follow the data.
0: (laughs) I'm just kidding about that one. The rest of them are true. That one was a joke. If you don't know me, I have like a thing about country music and, and coconut. Bitterness went down 40%. Unforgiveness went down 31%. Discouragement went down 31%. Loneliness down 30%. Just from reading the Bible four days or more a week, difficulty forgiving yourself went down 26%. Fear and anxiety went down 14%. Giving financially to the church went up by 416%. Memorizing scripture, you are four times more likely to remember the scripture if you read it four days more a week. Um, Sharing your faith with others went up 228%. If I said to you that out in the foyer there's a pill that you can buy a jar of, and this is what's going to happen in your life. Anxiety is going to go down. Worry is going to go down. Forgiveness is going to go up. If I said to you, all the, and there would be no side effects from this pill, we
1: would run out there and get this pill. But that is what I'm saying. I'm saying that God gave us a pill, but it's called the Word of God. And if we can just get into it four days or more per week... You say, Pastor, I don't got the time for that. I'm too busy with my day. You have to understand
0: replacement therapy. There's something you're listening to or giving ear to that you can take out, turn off, in order to put the Word of God in that place. Because that thing that you're listening to probably isn't making you a kinder person. It probably isn't helping you have overcoming faith. But we have things to overcome in this world. We have a lot to overcome. Can I get somebody to say amen? And the way we're going to overcome is our faith. It says in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Let's say it like we mean it, our faith. Yes. Jesus said, come to me all who thirst. I love the idea that it's like water, God's word. It says in Ephesians chapter 5 that God, our, our husband, is washing his bride, the church, with the water through the word of God. And I was reading how we're supposed to drink 10 cups of water per day. I don't know who can possibly drink 10 cups of water per day, but that's what you're supposed to drink. Can you imagine, like it says in Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, happy is the man. It says blessed there, but the Hebrew word is happy. I want to, pastor, I just want to be happy. Let me show you the secret. Happy is the man who's not walking in the council listening to the ungodly. Don't stand in the path of sinners. Don't sit in the seat of the slanderers and the scornful. Protect your ears from the grumbling and complaining. And he says, but his delight is in the word of God. And on his word, he meditates day and night. And what if we drank 10 cups of water a day? You grab that little bit of scripture, says God's going to bless me in the land that he has given me. And then about 10 o'clock in the morning, it doesn't matter why I'm facing some mean email. Somebody said something awful to me and they attacked me in an email. But I suddenly go back to God is blessing me in the land that he has given me. And then at 2 o'clock, I go back 10 times in one day. I go back to that same scripture, and I drink that cup of water. God is going to bless me in the land that he has given me. What am I doing? I am developing a faith that overcomes. The disciples were with Jesus in Matthew in chapter 15. They were facing an insurmountable problem. There's 4,000 hungry people, men, plus women and children. And all they got is seven loaves and three small fish. And that's not enough to feed all these people. So they went to Jesus panicking. What are we going to do? How are we going to feed these people? But Jesus already knows how to feed people. How many know? Jesus has a food. He has a food that we know not of, is what he told his disciples once. Oh, But we do. It's his words. You know, the funny thing is, is the disciples were worried because they're the lack, and the lack creates the grumbling. We said that already. <laughs> but the chapter before, if you actually rewind the the from. Matthew chapter 15, and go to Matthew chapter 14, guess what? They were facing 5,000 people who were hungry, not including women and children. They only had two fish and five loaves of bread. So they had more people and less food. This is just a chapter ago. They literally just lived this story, and there's, and, and, now, and Jesus fed them all with that little bit of food. And then they go to Jesus like, well, what
1: are we going to do today?
0: How often we forget what God did yesterday when we're standing and looking at the new problem. But when you get in the word of God and get a little mustard seed for the day, we need daily faith. The disciples had already forgotten their faith that morning. We got to have a little bit of daily bread so we could have some daily faith. And so Jesus, what does he do? Chapter 15 and verse 36, he took the seven loaves and fish and he gave thanks. You see, when you're a person of faith, a person of overcoming faith, even when you look at lack, you don't grumble, you don't complain, there's not enough, because you're a person with faith that overcomes. And you know to believe God. And all Jesus did was he said, thank you for the little bit that he did have. Some of us need to just get a little bit thankful for the things that we have in our lives. Because Jesus is serving up some good food this morning. How many know that? And his food tastes different and it will do different things in your life. When you begin to get into the Word of God every day and you get Jesus' food in you, what He's serving you, some fish and some bread today, When you get his fish and bread in you tomorrow and a little bit in you Tuesday and you wake up first thing on Wednesday morning, you get your cup of coffee and you crack open your Bible and you get yourself a little bit of wake up daily Bible study in you, you begin to develop a faith that overcomes. And how many know I can just tell you right now that you will
1: have more peace in your life. Can you give the Lord some praise? You will have more joy coming into your life. You will have more love to give. Hope will get stirred up in you. Anxiety is going to fall off in that daily bread. Worry falls off of you. Fear falls off. That addiction and temptation falls off of you in your life. You begin to walk in authority, regret, shame. Your past falls off, and you're walking in dominion and power. You are walking by faith and not by sight. You're standing in faith. You're living by faith. You are righteous by faith. And the enemy who comes in like a flood and he starts to shoot darts at you, you just pull out your shield of faith. And you say, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And he came at you in one direction on Wednesday, but he fled from you in seven because you are more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Give the Lord some praise right now. I declare it's done in your life. And if you believe it, shout out, I believe it.
0: In Jesus' name, you can be seated. So be in the word of God a little bit. This is my challenge for your week this week, is to get in a habit of having daily bread. It'll make a big difference in your life. Let me ask you a question. If you were to face eternity today, do you know what eternity looks like for you? And would you have peace with Father God? Here's the good news. God has already offered the free gift of salvation to anyone who would put their faith in His Son, Jesus. And if you're ready for that kind of life, stepping into a new life and out of an old life, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Father God, forgive me of sin. And Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God who died for sin and rose from the dead. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Guess what? You just stepped into eternal life. Get involved in a good Bible-believing church. God bless you.